the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me state the obvious. Taking lessons from an expert can really make a difference. Your child wants to play the piano. You'd love to have your child playing the piano. Well, what do you do? Well, you do some research and you hire a piano teacher that's good. Or what if you remember something that your mother or your grandmother cooked for Christmas and you've never even tried it before? What do you do? Do you just wing it? No. You go talk to your mother or your grandmother and you look at the recipe and you maybe even have them over to give you advice as you cook it for, for Christmas. If it's important to you, you look for some real expert advice. The blind leading the blind does not work if it's really important. Well, Christmas is important. Christmas is the feast of the birth of Jesus Christ. Christmas is important. So if Christmas is important, where do we look to prepare for Christmas properly? Well, how about the Holy Christian Church? After all, the church has been in the business of celebrating the birth of the Savior a lot longer than Hallmark has been making movies or 93.9 playing Christmas music. And the Christian church knows a lot more about making Christmas true joy than the commercialized world around you. Thousands of Christmas lights, hundreds of ornaments, scores of cookies, holiday specials and Hallmark movies by the dozen, and a grocery cart full of special food. Do not compare with the season of Advent in terms of preparing for Christmas. Over the centuries, Advent has been shaped and refined, especially the emphasis for every week of Advent so that you would be truly prepared to rejoice at the birth of your Savior and King. Each Sunday in Advent draws us closer to the glorious celebration of our Lord's birth. Since we anticipate the coming of our King, the color of the Advent pyramids is royal blue. So also are the colors of the candles of the Advent wreath. However, this week's candle is pink. Why the change of color? It signals a change in the season of Advent. The first two weeks of Advent focus on repentance. Remember last week, John the Baptist was in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now the focus of Advent is one of celebration as we anticipate Christmas, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is Gaudetta Sunday, the Sunday of joy. The pink candle alerts us to the change of the season. It reminds us of the joy that is in Christ Jesus as we anticipate his birth. So if this is the Sunday of joy, what are we doing having the gospel where John the Baptist is in prison and he is questioning whether or not Jesus is the Christ? Or should he be looking for another one to be the Christ? Doesn't sound too joyous to me, does it? Certainly not at first glance. However, a deeper look at this lesson reveals true joy a joy that will last much longer than a Christmas cookie or the lights in your neighborhood. John's whole purpose in life 
was to be the forerunner of Christ. His ministry was proclaiming this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He was proclaiming a mightier one that was coming. The mightier one would be the Christ. John had baptized Jesus. John had proclaimed that Jesus was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. Well, then two things happened. One was that Herod threw John into prison because John had publicly called out Herod for stealing his brother's wife. Another thing that happened was how was Jesus and where was Jesus doing his ministry? The ministry of Jesus was not going the way that John thought it should be going. If Jesus was the Christ, why was he not gathering his wheat into the barn? Why was the chaff not being burned with unquenchable fire? In other words, John was anticipating that when the Christ came, he would immediately gather the faithful to God, including John and his disciples, into a kingdom of God right there in Israel, and that the Christ would judge and destroy the sinners, including Herod. And John also knew that Jesus was doing miracles and that Jesus was preaching and gathering disciples. But Jesus' ministry was in rural Galilee and his ministry just didn't fit into John's anticipation of how it would go. So John from prison sends his disciples to Jesus. Now, it's very important to notice that John does not ask Jesus, well, if you can do miracles, free me from, from prison. No, his concern is whether or not Jesus is the Christ. This is very important because John was mature enough in his faith not to be thinking about his personal livelihood, his personal good, but rather God and his promises. John was weak. John was not understanding. So Jesus clears up John's misunderstanding from our gospel lesson today. In that hour, he, that is Jesus, healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, go and tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. What Jesus has done right here is not just simply do miracles, but miracles that are anticipated in Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah 35 is speaking about what happens when God comes. And so Jesus is emphatically saying to John that he indeed is the Christ, the Son of God. And blessed is the one who's not offended by Jesus and not offended to say that he believes in Jesus. During his whole life, John had been faithful to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he knew that God was in control of history and would bring about his kingdom and his salvation. John's doubts had been springing from his own confusion about Christ's kingdom. With Jesus' response, John now has the joy of knowing that Jesus was indeed the Christ, that God's promises indeed had been fulfilled in Jesus. 
John's joy sprang from a deep-rooted understanding of God being the God of the covenant, that God made promises to Abraham, God made promises to David, and to the promises, God was keeping them. And God was keeping his promise in Jesus, who is the Christ. John now had true joy, even in prison, even at his death by Herod's command, John has joy. The joy of Jesus Christ supersedes any earthly woes. There is true joy for you and is found in Jesus the Christ. God, the creator of the perfect world and the giver of life to Adam and Eve, now has broken the power of the fall in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus has fulfilled the promises of God. The Christ born on Christmas is the hope of all mankind for all time. He is the one who pays for sin on the cross. He is the one who smashes death by his resurrection. He is the one who wears the crown forever because of being the triumphant, incarnate, crucified, and resurrected Lord. He is the one who will return in power and glory and bring all his people to be with him forever in his new creation. This is the joy also that the apostle Paul feels and knows in Philippians chapter four. In our epistle lesson, Paul says this, rejoice in the Lord always, again I'll say rejoice. Paul does not write these words after eating another piece of pie and sipping on eggnog while looking at a beautiful eight-foot Christmas tree. No, Paul's in prison, though completely innocent, facing a possible death sentence and being in prison falsely for about five years, cannot communicate regularly with the churches, yet Paul rejoices in the promises of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Paul could then say, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Our God is a faithful, loving, and gracious God. He gives us the gift that keeps on giving. He gives us Jesus, and Jesus is Lord. The angels proclaim to the shepherds, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christmas is the festival for the birth of the Savior, Christ the Lord. Christmas is tied to all the promises of God in the Old Testament. The ministry of Jesus culminating in his death and resurrection. And Christmas is tied to the sure hope of Christ's return in glory for his saints. This is Christmas. And this is the Christmas that the church prepares for at Advent. And the reason that we have Gaudetta Sunday the Sunday of rejoicing. The world prepares for Christmas in such a shallow way, and so much of the world's Christmas has absolutely nothing to do with God incarnate in the manger. The world's Christmas preparation cannot match the church's. The church knows who her Savior is, and the church has carefully developed ways for God's people to have a truly blessed Christmas. We are now approaching the festival of Christ's birth. And so we, with John the Baptist and with the Apostle Paul, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. 
The Lord is in hand. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.